Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast and it's a very exciting episode nonetheless of course if you watched our episode last week we discussed why Lewis Hamilton has not signed his contract yet and if you haven't I definitely recommend checking that out however that does seem to be old news um, given the news that we are given today, it's finally happened. Lewis Hamilton has finally signed that contract. Mercedes have officially announced on their website that Lewis has signed a one-year deal to extend his current one up until the end of the 2021 season. And it's a huge, huge piece of news that a lot of people in the F1 community, if not everybody, was waiting for us especially and to go through this and what the ramifications are of the one-year deal and what this could mean for Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes future in Formula One beyond 2021 of course you already know him and love him Mr Courtney Pine joining me once again Courtney first of all how are you doing this afternoon? Hello everyone from a snowy East London um yeah, I'm good. Very excited about this one. I've been waiting for this news for a very long time and I'm very excited to discuss it with not only you, but with Lee. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Um, for those of you who may recognise uh, our guest with us, he has been on this show a few times now. Of course, one video episode, but he is back with us to discuss this piece of news. And it's Mr. Lee Wannington. Lee, first of all, thank you for rejoining us once again on another episode. How have you been? Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me again. Um, I'm good, thank you. It's uh, doing the best to stay warm in all this lovely snow. Uh, obviously, some people hate snow, hate the ice, but I thoroughly enjoy it, although it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is indeed, of course. Yeah, very snowy at the moment in Britain. And um, some love it, some hate it, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to be talking about Lewis Hamilton, another person that sends, tends to divide opinion in the community that he exists and beyond. So, of course, first of all, as I've already mentioned, Lewis Hamilton signing a new deal, which will take him up to the end of the 2021 season. Now, as far as we are aware from what we have heard from the statement from Mercedes, it does appear that it's only the one year, whether or not there is an option to extend that by a further year. That's to be confirmed. But just to read the quote from the statement from Mercedes website, if I may, uh, for the benefit of those that are watching this podcast rather than listening to it. Um, forgive me if it looks like I'm reading off my phone because I am. 
And the uh, official statement is the Mercedes AMG Patronus F1 team is pleased to announce that the reigning Formula One World Constructors Champion and the reigning F1 Drivers Champion Lewis Hamilton will continue together in 2021. The Mercedes Works team and Lewis agreed a new contract, which will see one of the sport's most successful ever collaborations continue for a ninth consecutive season. A significant part of the new agreement builds upon the commitment to greater diversity and inclusion in motorsport that was made last year by Lewis and Mercedes. This will take the form of a joint charitable foundation, which will have the mission of supporting greater diversity and inclusion in all its form in motorsport. Now, first things first, guys, you know, regarding the nature of this deal, let's not worry about the money or rumors of a veto that we talked about in last week's episode or the actual length of this deal but a lot of emphasis on all parties has been towards this agreement between Lewis and Mercedes continuing their partnership and contribution towards achieving greater diversity inequality in motorsport um Lee I'm going to come to you first on this one how significant is this element in your opinion in persuading Lewis Hamilton to stay with Mercedes for one more year and of course continuing his work beyond Formula One when he eventually does retire well I think it's a very significant on two fronts or obviously three fronts if you take Lewis and his personal um side in but I'm going to touch more on as you said the Mercedes and the diversity on the Mercedes front I I think it's very good and very important for them to get Lewis down and signed on the dotted line. Firstly, because he is one of the leaders of the generation. Um, obviously, the the argument of the all time great not going to touch that because you can't you can't really debate that because of the different errors. Um, but as the, some people say, it's the car. Um, but as proven in Turkey last year. Lewis uh, went beyond the car. Sorry, I'm struggling with my words at the moment. Lewis went beyond with the car and, and actually won a race that his teammate spanned several times, nearly double digits. I can't remember the exact amount. <laughs> but he went through the field from sixth on the grid to win a race that Mercedes shouldn't have won on paper. Um, so it's quite important that Mercedes got that kind of caliber driver down on their, um, in their team as Valtteri, although a good, consistent driver, doesn't seem to be that kind of calibre of driver to push the team for a championship. And admittedly, underrated Nico Rosberg also was the higher calibre than Valtteri appears to be currently. Um, so that's how I see it from Mercedes' point of view. And obviously, that long-term, we can get a long-term discussion where the drivers, where they see their future, but uh, we can come back to that later if you want. Yeah, no, absolutely, um, yeah. That will be an important part of the discussion later on. And of course, you're absolutely right to point out of, you know, it's very important to acknowledge and work towards the humanitarian efforts, not only that what Lewis and Mercedes together have already done over the last 12 to 18 months, but it's been a huge focal point in Lewis's mind. Um, you know, his life outside of F1, he's aware of the global platform that he has being the most successful Formula One driver of all time. And potentially now that he has signed this deal, he will have the opportunity to break the world championship record and go further than Michael Schumacher. Never thought I'd ever, ever say those words, but it's a distinct possibility or very likely possibility, I should say, that this could happen. Um, but of course, Courtney, what, same question to you regarding Lewis Hamilton. Um, how significant 
um, other than just the driver, because ultimately that's what Mercedes are signing first and foremost. They want Lewis the driver, and of course the humanitarian part will come in addition to that. Mm. But how important or significant was Mercedes willing to, uh, to cooperate with Lewis in his humanitarian efforts as part of this contract? Well, it's definitely an important thing. I think we're seeing the way that there has been a social shift given the events that started last year in America. Um, it seems that a lot has been done to educate some parts of society that haven't caught up when it comes to social equality. And I, I've, I've seen that Lewis's actions seems to annoy some people. But what some people don't need to, need, that what they need to understand is that there are still big fractions of our population that still believe that you should treat somebody differently because of their race or what culture they come from. So there does need to be a, a need to educate people. And I know, I know Lewis can't do it on his own and Lewis knows he can't do it on his own. So that's why he wants to support from a big brand like Mercedes. Cause you've got to remember, they're not just a Formula One team. They are a big car manufacturing global brand. And he knows that along with that, and then with the help of Formula One, cause I do think we'll have an ambassadorial role in Formula One once he retires. Mm. So if he, so I said there's going to be a shift on this from his driving career when he retires to ha- try to have a big say in the the change the changing culture in motorsport because we see in Formula One is there isn't only a lack of opportunities when it comes to race there are definitely social barriers like Lewis is probably the closest to a working class driver we've had in Formula One in he might be one of the only few we've ever had. So it is important that we have somebody of the calibre of Lewis Hammond to show people, actually, you know what? You should be getting a chance to race in Formula One, regardless of what background you come from. Mm. And, and that's important. And it's not just exclusive to the driving as well, because that's a minefield, even for more privileged youngsters making their way through the sport. I mean, I, I had first-hand experience when I was younger trying to get into motor racing professionally, and I only made it as far as karting or competitive karting. And the fees to actually get to that level, um, uh, to get to open wheel racing was just astronomical. From a working mm. class background, it's impossible. You know, Lewis was very fortunate to be as talented he is and to find the opportunity that he did because otherwise you'd probably argue he never would have made it. And the sacrifices he's mentioned his dad has made, his parents, his family, friends, all made to support his shared dream and vision, it can't be understated. And it's very important, not only... For a driving from a driving perspective to ensure that the future generations have a pathway into Formula One, regardless of your background, not to be exclusive to those that are privileged and from a, a specific demographic, if you like, but also to those that want to work other jobs in Formula One, mechanics, engineers, um, team owners, principals, etc. You know, I could name so many different jobs. And it's this shared vision that Lewis has very much championed over the last 18 months or so. It's, as you said, Courtney, influenced massively by what's been gone on uh, over in the States um, in the last couple, well, it's been going on for several years, of course. It's not a new thing, um, but it's massively been highlighted in the media for obvious reasons that we're not going to go into. Um, but just to read the quotes from Lewis and Toto Wolf before we go any further in this episode, uh, Lewis Hamilton, of course, on the Mercedes website saying, um, I am excited to be heading into my ninth season with my Mercedes teammates. Our team has achieved incredible things together and we look forward to building on our success even further whilst continuously looking to improve both on and off the track. I'm equally determined to continue the journey we started to make 
motorsport more diverse for future generations. And I'm grateful that Mercedes has been extremely supportive of my call to address this issue. I'm proud to say we are taking the effort further this year by launching a foundation dedicated to diversity inclusion in the sport. I'm inspired by all that we can build together and can't wait to get back on the track in March. And Toto will follow this up um, just to read. And this will be the last quote I read, guys. So um, <laughs> if you turn off after this point, then I'm sorry. But uh, it, Total Wolf goes on to say, we have always been aligned with Lewis that we would continue. But the very unusual year we had in 2020 meant it took some time to finish the process. Together, we have decided to extend the sporting relationship for another season and to begin a longer term project to take the next step in our shared commitment to greater diversity within the sport. Lewis's competitive record stands alongside the best sports world has ever seen, and he's a valued ambassador for our brand and our partners. The story of Mercedes and Lewis has written itself into the history books of our sport over the last eight seasons, and we are hungry to compete and add more chapters to it. Now, obviously, you know, what Lewis has said um, has pretty much emphasised what we've already discussed already regarding the humanitarian side of it, and Total Wolf also echoes this as well. Um Getting into the the Formula One aspect of this now, because of course, you know, Mercedes have done a great thing. You know, they've done a lot more than just painting their car black um, or virtue signaling, as some would have called it originally. Um, I, I think it's a, worth a lot more than just a, a really nice livery, of course. But it's great to see that they are taking those next steps as part of the shared vision with Lewis. But getting back to the Formula One side of things, of course, the main reason of why Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton have signed this contract um, Total Wolf has mentioned the difficulties in why Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes were not able to reach an agreement. Um, we put the feeders out, Courtney, on this one. We actually mm -hmm. asked some of our followers to weigh in on this. And a lot of them, in particular, did ask this specific question. Well, yeah. So, first of all, um, Chantelle Pine, you might, might guess, was my sister. She asked, first of all, why did it take so long for Lewis to sign a contract? Hmm. And, and you're absolutely right. Yeah, a, a lot of people weighing in on this one. So, you know, for the benefit of this, I, I'm going to put this question to you, both of you, why you felt this took quite a long time to get done, because in theory, both parties constantly were saying on an agreed front that it just needed to be signed. Everything was already agreed. There weren't really too many major hiccups or anything to negotiate over. It was a fairly straightforward deal to negotiate in their words. So, Lee, why do you think that this took such a long time to sign because we almost ended up in an unheard of position where the world champion, the, br the brand ambassador for Formula One at the moment, was without a contract with the team that he was meant to race with this season for such a long time. Well, the, obviously the, the simple answer would be is they couldn't agree on the small print, although in theory that they, they could agree in principle. It's just obviously the, the small print. And I imagine... Lewis probably wanted a longer term deal than the one one year that he has signed because um, he's he's probably in the race that he is and the competitor he is he's already looking at the the new regulations for next year and he would love to have the opportunity of driving that new generation of car um, just to see how it is and see if he likes it so he would probably been pushing for a multi-year contract like we'd previously discussed in, a, in the last time I was on actually I believe um, where Courtney and myself thought it would be a three-year, another three-year deal. Um, so mm. I imagine that was one sticking point. Um, obviously, Mercedes felt like a one-year is suitable for the time being, and that was probably a pushing um, back and forth. And obviously, you, you see other um, 
articles and other pundits, certainly in salary and especially with the economic conditions of the COVID world at the moment, demanding the highest salary that Lewis obviously fell he has earned for being the caliber of driver he is. And that's probably another point. The what I don't feel so much was a sticking point was the diversity. That thing I think Mercedes and Lewis seemed pretty keen on and embracing. So I don't think there was any disagreement about that, that 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 wasn't causing the, the delays, at least in how I see the situation. No, I absolutely agree. I, I don't think that element that we've already discussed um, was a sticking point. I'd be very surprised if it was. It, it seems that as much as all the teams in Formula One make their efforts in their own way, um, for many humanitarian projects, not just diversity inclusion, of course, Mercedes in particular in recent years tend to be the shining light or the champions, if you like, pardoning the puns on that one, um, in promoting these causes. And, and in a way, being the sport's leading team for several years now, it probably seems fitting that they make arguably a larger contribution as anyone, if not more, in terms of highlighting these issues and trying to create initiatives to improve those elements further for future generations, as Lewis has already alluded to. But you've mentioned uh, an important thing. You know, there were financial elements that, of course, lots of stuff was being reported over the money Lewis wanted. Um, whether that was true or not, we don't know. The finer details of it, some people claim to have the inside track. We certainly don't. Um, Courtney, we were talking about this before. And Lee obviously mentioned as well the length of Lewis's contract as well, being a, perhaps a sticking point, and perhaps as it was. Um, do you feel that with uh, this new contract being signed by Lewis Hamilton, first of all, do you feel if, if money was one of the sticking points? Because I know we spoke about this before, and you mentioned something quite interesting worth sharing on this podcast that probably would explain further difficulties other than the obvious things you get in a contract. But given that it's a one-year deal, and we don't know if there's an option to extend this or not, we've heard rumours there possibly is, and I'd be surprised if there wasn't, but let's assume that it's not. What do you think that means in terms of the driver market post Lewis Hamilton? Do we think that this is going to be Lewis's last year as well? So I'll answer your first question in terms of the, um, the negotiations. Um, but Sky, Sky Sports put a video out. Um, one of the main uh, correspondents, shall we say, for the Formula 1 part of Sky Sports, Craig Slater, done an interview with one of the main people at Mercedes, and uh, basically, they stated that Lewis was conscious of making the conversation too much about money, given the economic situation that pretty much every company around the world is sort of feeling the effect of at the moment. So Mercedes will be feeling it as well. There'll be pressure on resources, staff wages, jobs. And I think it would be quite insensitive for the wages to be a big point and to be put out into sort of out there by the media for everyone to know about because you imagine if there's people losing their jobs and you have headlines going out saying oh yeah Lewis wants a, a 15% pay rise da, da, da. you can imagine people jump on that like there's no tomorrow so I think he wanted to be very careful about that and I think COVID definitely has a big part of the play given that let's, let's not forget Lewis did become effective with COVID mm. towards the end of the season and he probably went for, went for a holiday afterwards to recover and in this same interview, it's, it became well known that Lewis and Tapoto did discuss this until around Christmas time. So I don't think this, this whole thing is like dragged out as much as we'd like to believe. And in terms of the driver's market, when it comes to Lewis's long-term future, 
I know for a fact, I would not be surprised at all if the likes of Max Verstappen and Sebastian Vettel are already making their interest and getting at the Sadie seat very, like, very clear. Mm. So if Lewis gets that eighth championship, he might think, you know what, from a pure sporting F1 perspective, I don't really have much more to achieve. So I'm, you know, I might as well just move on from the actual the driver's seat and take on a new role outside of the sport. And it would surprise, but I, my, my gut is telling me that Max Verstappen, the moment that Lewis leaves, Max Verstappen's going to get that seat. Hmm. Well, I mean, we'll go into it a bit more, but of course you mentioned, we already talked about the money element of it. And it's quite interesting, this, this point, because Lewis Hamilton, in the eyes of the British press, uh, some elements of it, have cited this money element as part of the negotiations being a sticking point. And as Lewis mentioned, in COVID times, Money has been harder to come by for some people, less fortunate than others. And it's a very sensitive issue. So the last thing they're going to want to hear or see when they pick up their morning tabloids is Lewis Hamilton haggling over trying to get £40 million a year, exactly. whatever it was recorded. Of course, Lewis is going to be aware of that. Hence why if there was issues over money, and, and I emphasise the word if because I have no idea if this was an issue or not, um, you know, Lewis is going to be aware of that. He's not going to want any of that information leaked out. Mercedes are certainly not going to want any of that information leaked out. And, you know, sometimes certain details can be leaked out by agents or management staff to try and influence nego as a negotiation tactic. I don't believe that's the case this time. But, um, you know, because I remember when Franz Toss was talking about this, um, he I think it was the Imola Grand Prix. He'd made his thoughts known about the budget cap and he mentioned Lewis Hamilton specifically. Um you know, not necessarily over his contract, but he just said, because Lewis was the highest earner in his opinion, that Formula One drivers should be more grateful about driving Formula One cars rather than trying to haggle uh, multi-million dollar contracts, which of course Lewis rebuttaled with, well, yeah, of course you've got to find ways to cut costs, but we're risking our lives out there doing what we do. And of course, we're not going to get into that debate. But the important thing that you mentioned about the future as well, um, Lee, I'm going to come to you on this one. With this being a one-year deal for Lewis, do you feel that the main reason, if there is an option to extend, is to make sure that Lewis has ample time in the machinery available to him to secure that eighth world championship? And once he's done it, whether it be 2021 or 2022, that will be all she wrote for Lewis and he will walk off into the sunset with the cemented the legacy that he has thoroughly deserved and created for himself. All right, then. Lewis has always said that as long as he enjoys racing, he will always want to be racing. And I think he, he always, uh, saying again, he always says about he doesn't look at records, he doesn't look at that. All drivers look at records, although they won't admit it publicly. So I'm sure in his mind, he, he wanted this contract this year, especially for the chance of getting the, the eighth championship. If come the end of this year, he decides to walk away, I don't think Lewis will walk away, as I previously mentioned. I think he, he will at least want to do a year in the new new rigs, just just for the sake of driving a new car. It's a new challenge. Lewis has always publicly said about he likes the challenge, um, and that's one of the things he, he enjoys and thrives on. Um, and so I don't imagine him walking away this year. What I think, from Mercedes' point of view, having that one-year contract is it brings it on parity with Bottas, who's been in a rolling one-year contract since he's joined the team. Um, and you think about equality as an employer, 
you don't want to have an employee going, why, why has he got a long contract and I have a short contract? This is unfair. So you think the the equality and fairness to um, Valtteri of having been on the same ground as a one-year contract, that may be a part of it. Um, and secondly, is age. of If they don't want to commit Lewis to a long contract and then all of a sudden he, he's reflexes decline as he gets a bit older. Um, he's, no, he's not showing any sign of doing that at the moment, but if you get into a, a three, four-year contract, you're going to be opening yourself up to a driver falling off their peak. Um, so I don't expect him going anywhere for next year. Mm. At least that's how I see the situation. Well, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, Lewis is coming up close, not too far off the age Michael Schumacher was when he retired the first time. So uh, he'll still be younger than Michael if he stay if he doesn't stay on beyond 2021, but it will be getting very close to that if he does stay another year. Courtney, I'm going to put that question to you as well. Um, do you feel that the one-year deal is basically to provide both parties with the opportunity to get Lewis an eighth world title and then retire after that. And perhaps if there is an option to extend, that is more like a safety net in case Lewis doesn't win the 2021 world championship this season. Yeah, it basically gives them the opportunity to be flexible because the same users business, they need to be having a plan A, a plan B, and if not a plan C. So it makes sense that they have the option either way so if they have an indication that Lewis is going to... So if, say, say they run away with the championship, say, say they're as dominant as they were last season, and then Lewis starts talking to Toto and he says, you know what, I've truly don't think I want to do and I want to leave. Mercedes then have... A, they'll have some time to either bring in a Max Verstappen or bring in George Russell to be alongside Valtteri Bottas in 2022. But I do agree with what Lee said about the regulations. He's, he's made it clear in the past that you'd like to try out the new regulations because it is a new challenge. And we have said this in previous episodes. This has been the problem when it comes to Mercedes because they've tried to, the, the people at the top of F1 have tried to change regulations three, four, maybe five times to slow Mercedes down. But because there have been changes in the regulations, it's like a new challenge for these guys. So it actually makes them want to perform even, even more and stay together as a unit. So this is like... These regulation changes in 2022 are actually kind of keeping the status quo as they are. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, in terms of my thoughts on this, and this is kind of a bit of a strange one, but I feel like it has some logic to this. You're absolutely right, both of you, in saying that Lewis always wants to face that next challenge. And in his mind, that next challenge could be the 2022 cars. However, if that was the case and... I was 100% certain that Lewis Hamilton was going to stay on another year after this season, regardless of whether he wins the world championship or not. Then why would he have only signed the one-year deal? Because in my mind, I don't think Mercedes would have too many problems if Lewis wanted a second year. Again, I'm assuming. Maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. But at the same time, why would they go to those lengths to only sign a one-year deal with an option. Again, we're assuming there's an option to this. There might not be. It might just be a one-year year deal and they have to agree a new one. Um, you know, what? why would they go to... to Why would Lewis sign a one-year deal if he didn't have any intention to walk away from the sport at the end of the season? That's kind of my view I want to put on it. Um, guys, of course, let us know in the comments what you think will happen. Do you think Lewis will, first of all, win the World Championship and 
you know, and whether or not he will stay beyond 2021, whether or not he wins the world championship. Again, it could hinge on whether Lewis does win the world title. So I don't know if the 2022 challenge entices Lewis as much as perhaps it once did uh, a few years ago, given what we've already spoken about regarding the humanitarian efforts that he does want to focus on beyond his F1 career in a lot more detail. Um, for the last uh, topic of discussion in this podcast, Courtney, um, some of our other followers have mentioned what the outlook looks like for Mercedes after Lewis, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, I should say. And it is quite interesting because the dynamic right now is Toto Wolff has signed a three-year deal himself to stay on as Mercedes CEO and team principal. Of course, whether he continues after that, unlikely from what we've heard before, but if he does, you know, this will be interesting to think about. But Mercedes, as of now, have three drivers effectively with one-year deal left on their current contracts. In Bottas, who's signed a one-year deal back in August. Um, Lewis Hamilton, of course, just signed his one-year deal. As we know, it's just the one-year deal for the time being. And George Russell, who has a one-year deal at Williams, with the, the, you know, the view would be that he's most likely to take that seat, whether it's Bottas he's replacing or Lewis. Where do you see... And I'm going to come to Lee first on this one. Where do you see Mercedes picture looking in 2022? Do you think that it would be Lewis and Russell or perhaps Bottas and Russell with Bottas being the lead driver to replace Lewis or perhaps Russell and someone else altogether? Um, I, I personally think the key factor in this whole three drivers, two seats is Valtteri himself. If Valtteri has a blinding year and is consistent throughout the year and actually holds a title change throughout the year, Mercedes will not let him go. If Valtteri has a similar form to he has the last few seasons where he starts off well and then slows down, and not, not so much slows down, but he can't be consistent throughout the year and hold that title challenge, I think they will decide Valtteri thanks sorry, we have to let you go and bring in George. Because um, he's the young gun, and I think seeing at the back of the grid in the slowest car currently is not helping George's um, development as a driver. Um, and then obviously bringing, coming to Lewis, I would have said it's a George and Lewis um, combo. But if your gut feeling is right and Lewis walks away, I would have said it uh, George and, uh, and Verstappen George Russell and Verstappen as their two drivers. Because um, I'm sure Max will be dying again at Mercedes if uh, Lewis walks away from the sport as well. Um, but yeah, I, as I said, I think the key player is going to be Valtteri in mm. that more than Lewis or George themselves. Absolutely. And, and it could be a situation where Valtteri Bottas, unless he does win the World Championship or puts up a really good fight this season it could be the writing on the wall and perhaps this is just to stabilise the ship until options open up for Mercedes. I mean, they're in a brilliant position where they effectively have two seats that they may need to fill next season and they could pick almost anybody on the grid. Um, Courtney, I'm, I'm going to put that question to you as well on this one. Where do you see Mercedes going in 2022? I really do believe that George Russell will be joining regardless of especially given that you know, he only has one year left in his contract. So they will, they will want to be keeping him in their ranks. So I reckon he'll be joining regardless. I think I reckon this will be Bottas' last season. Mm. So I, th- I reckon it will be either George and Lewis or George and Max. 
Yes, very, very tempting. I mean, guys, let us know what you think about this one because the caveat of Max Verstappen in this one, and we've spoken for a long time how great it would be to see Max against Lewis in the same car. I don't think we're ever going to get that luxury, personally, because if Lewis stays, surely Mercedes will promote George. Um, Although they might keep Bottas for another year, we'd have to wait and see. Um, With the Max Verstappen element, guys, uh, Courtney, I'll come to you quickly on this one. it's not so cut and dry to bring someone like Max in because he still has another year on his contract after this one. So Red Bull have no incentive to let Max go and they definitely won't let Max go to Mercedes. I mean, how difficult is this situation? Because I imagine discussions may, if I haven't already, will be taking place over the course of the year over whether or not they can tempt or find a way in Max's contract to get him over sooner if they get early indication that Lewis wants to leave after the end of the season. How likely do you think that will be for Mercedes to bring Max over in 2022? Yeah, I think if Max wants it, it will happen. You know, he's the... He is going to be the main man when Lewis leaves. I I do expect him to be the best of his generation. And we've already seen he's he's ruthless. He's a winner. And he'll do whatever it takes to be in a position to be a champion. So I just think Max will... I'm sure he has the the right people around him as well, given his position. I I just think he'll do everything in his power, even if it destabilises, if it unstabilises the Red Bull team. I think he'll do everything he possibly can to get into that seat. And can you really blame him? No, not at all. Um, I, I suppose the caveat, really, what would be interesting is over the course of the year, Max is going to, if he has those intentions and that's where he wants to go and Mercedes want to bring Max, they're going to have to do a lot of convincing because it might seem seemed cut and dry a few years ago that, yeah, Mercedes is the place to go. But we're entering a new regulation change, a new era like we did in 2014. And back then, Lewis needed to be persuaded to leave a top team in McLaren in 2013 to join a a team that was getting out of the midfield and trying to challenge the front runners in Mercedes. And they did that. And it proved to be an absolute masterstroke. The same could be said for Red Bull in terms of being able to nail the regulation changes in 2022. And Max could end up leaving, potentially, a championship-winning car to join a team like Mercedes, who have the best car, but may not get the regulations right. You know, there's that balancing act as well. I think, Lee, I've got to put that to you. Um, First of all, how likely do you think Mercedes can get uh, Verstappen with all the contract stuff with Red Bull and tempting him over? And if you were Max Verstappen, how concerned would you be about leaving a potentially championship-winning car in 2022 at Red Bull to go to Mercedes, who may not nail the regulation changes in 2020? You know, he might make the mistake that Alonso made. Um, Well, firstly, I agree with Courtney that Max is determined to be in the best car. He's in the second-best car currently. As far as we're aware, obviously, we haven't got to this season yet, but as far as we are aware, Red Bull is the second-best car. Um, so he will be doing everything he can to get into that number one car um, and if that is as Courtney said rock the boat at Red Bull if there's some uh, performance clause or even if it's Mercedes have to buy out Red Bull's contract because um, Mercedes will want the best driver they can get their hands on and at the moment that is Max Verstappen um, being the best driver after Lewis Um Obviously, it's debatable to people's opinions, but I would agree with Courtney again that that's the, the he's going to be the driver of his generation. 
Um, but then the part of leaving a car that's a potentially a race winning, he knows what Red Bull's got planned for 2022. He can see what's there. Um, he doesn't know what Mercedes are doing. But if Mercedes wants to get him on board, like they did with Lewis, they'll show him their plans, invite him to the factory, give him an indicator of what's going to be happening. So Max will try and make an informed decision from what he can see and what he knows from Red Bull. Lewis got it right. As you said, um, Fernando Alonso in the past has got that wrong quite a lot through his career, unfortunately for him. Um, so it is just down to making the, the right decision at the right time. And it, it could pay dividends for Max. It could potentially ruin his career of um, potential because Red Bull could become a winning team. It's, it's all unknowns, unfortunately. Mm. No, absolutely good points, guys. And uh, we're going to have to cut this, of course, because uh, we're all running out of time. But all that's left to say, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Courtney, thank you as always. Lee, thank you for joining us on the podcast once again. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. And all that's left to say, guys, is thank you very much for tuning in. Stay safe. Of course, like if you, the video if you did and subscribe. But thank you so much for joining us once again. Stay safe. And we will see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. See you soon. Podcast Network.